I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brandis Female Podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. The new year is here and our resolutions are too, but focusing on our self-care and wellness should always be the focus, no matter the time of year. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce a special series on The Brandis Female over the next few weeks. Presented by Atleta, this series of conversations features women who embody different aspects of wellness, from sports to mental health and more, and by the same token, who empower women and girls everywhere. In support of Atleta's commitment to help women and girls ignite their limitless potential, they've partnered with Toronto Six, Canada's only women's professional hockey team. This partnership truly boosts visibility of women's sports and female athletes, which in turn will increase mentorship opportunities and positively impact the next generation of girls. Toronto Six joins the likes of Simone Biles and Alison Felix as athletes who have partnered with Atleta. I'm a huge admirer of Atleta's dedication to uncompromising product perfection. Their beautiful, technical, and sustainable clothing supports women and girls in every aspect of our lifestyles, from yoga and training to travel and even sleep. To top things off, Atleta is a certified B Corp and 70% of their products are made using sustainable materials. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca and visit Atleta stores at Vancouver's Park Royal or at Toronto's Yorkdale Mall and follow them on Instagram at Atleta. My guest this week is Saroya Tinker, professional women's ice hockey player for the Toronto Six. A graduate of Yale University where she played on the varsity women's hockey team, Saroya has found a passion for educating others and using her social media platforms to encourage and share resources for other women in sports. She now runs a mentorship program and she's committed to educating and providing a positive impact to inspire the younger generation of women to pursue careers in sports. Here is our conversation. Soroya, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. As I was just saying, this is my first podcast recording of 2022. So happy new year and welcome. Yes, happy new year. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to get to chat with you today. It's absolutely my pleasure. And I like to start these conversations by taking my guests back in time a little bit. So I'm curious to ask you, growing up as a young woman, young girl, what did you dream you'd be doing later in life as a career or profession? And did you ever imagine it would be what you're actually doing today? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I always wanted to be a doctor. I spent my first two years of university being pre-med. And then I realized that being a doctor takes a lot of hard work. And while playing Mm -hmm. hockey, that wasn't necessarily going to work out for me. So um, I decided to, you know, take a step back. But um, with that, I mean, I definitely didn't imagine playing pro hockey. I think the goal was obviously to make it to the Olympics one day and and stuff like that. But at the same time, I prioritized my education. But I'm super Mm -hmm. happy to be playing professional hockey now and um, seeing where this is taking me. And tell me about kind of, you know, starting to, to play the game. Was it like early on? Like what was the inspiration? Was it something that you saw maybe other kids in your family doing or what, you know, what was the appeal for you? 
Yeah. So my, my dad actually grew up um, in the hockey community. So he grew up in Scarborough, Ontario. Uh, Scarborough is a huge hockey town. So mm. with that, he was playing roller hockey, ball hockey, ice hockey, um, and really developed a love for the game but experienced some racism in the sport and wanted to put his kids in it to prove people wrong. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's exactly what my dad did. Uh, He put myself and my three brothers all in hockey and myself and my youngest brother, Malachi, who's 11, uh, currently still plays. Wow. That's fantastic. I I love your dad's take on that. And was it, did you kind of, you know, face any obstacles or negative feedback being a girl playing hockey? Like, what was that like? when you when you started the game? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think growing up, I think the first league I played in, I was one of two girls that that played within the league. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and with that, I, I realized that I was going to be one of the only girls and I was definitely going to be the only black girl. So it, in that sense, I, I definitely had my challenges throughout my career and, and things along those lines. My parents is, have had challenges within the stands and, and stuff like that. But yeah. at the same time, a lot of those reasons and circumstances that have gone on in the past are the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here, um, if I hadn't gone through those obstacles and, you know, persevered through them. That's great. And, and, you know, such great lessons in there. And it sounds like your parents were very supportive of you facing those obstacles head on, right? And they encourage you to keep going. So probably the best influence you can have. Yeah, of course. My parents were, were definitely big influences there. I, I think um, there was definitely instances where I wanted to quit hockey and not play anymore and not be in the arena. But um, mm. I, they, they definitely kept encouraging me and, and telling me to push through and make sure that I continued to prove people wrong. So that's mm. what we continued to do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that's such a great uh, such a great outlook, and so we know you know you you were just talking about going to med school and then realizing that that was going to be hard uh, alongside your career in hockey. So what? Tell me a bit about you know how how you viewed kind of your strategy around your schooling and education at that point. Did you leave altogether, or is it still something you pursued? Yeah, I, I think um, during during my recruiting process, I, I realized that I did want to, you know, play university hockey and uh, and take my talents to the next level. But I also had always received really good grades in school and have kind of been a nerd outside of hockey. So um, with that, I realized that the opportunity was going to be had for me to take um, take a spot on the roster at Yale. And mm-hmm. uh, I decided to to play my four years there and, and prioritize my education just because I figured an Ivy League degree would definitely do, do me good, uh, do me yeah. well. <laughs> um, and uh, with, with that, I think um, I, I made an effort to prioritize my education um, aside mm-hmm. from hockey, because obviously now we're playing professionally, but at the same time, I, I do still have that degree in my back pocket. Yeah, that's amazing. And congratulations for, for doing that. Um, Thank you. It, is there something about being a pro hockey player and a pro athlete in general that maybe you wish you knew about earlier in your career or something that you learned kind of the hard way, you know, getting through it or something you wish somebody else had shared with you? Yeah, I think I think the the stresses of being a professional female athlete, specifically within hockey, um, comes comes with its own challenges. I think uh, for us, obviously, we're we're not paid a living wage yet, so everybody in the mm. league basically has a nine to five outside of outside of hockey. Um, and and with that, I, I think that that puts more pressure on us to obviously perform in our everyday nine to five jobs, but also, you know, still perform at that high elite level that we're expected to perform at when we get to the arena. Um, Mm. So I I definitely think that 
Um, I, I didn't anticipate having that big of a challenge with it, but at the same time, the time management skills I've learned so far um, have, have <laughs> taken me uh, this, this far um, in terms of professional my professional career. And I, I think that um, it's only going to help me moving forward. Right, right. No, that, that makes sense. And, and, and we'll come back to that. We'll come back to the, the challenges that women athletes face specifically. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, other jobs and other things that uh, take up some of your time, you created uh, a platform called Soroya Strong. So I'd love to know what that entails, where the inspiration came from, and really, uh, you know, get our, our listeners to hear a little bit more about uh, what, what it's about for you. Yeah, so with 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 my career, um, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to play professional hockey um, mm -hmm. until my senior year at Yale. So I'd never played with another black player until my senior year, and my senior year, Kirsten Good came into um, into the picture and was a mm -hmm. freshman when I was a senior. So right off the bat, we became best friends, and um, and I realized that I was a big sister for her in a way. And uh, with that, I realized that I wanted to you know take my career to the next level and, and play professionally. And I figured that I needed to find a new purpose in playing just because I had been so frustrated in my career before. And my new purpose was going to be playing for my mentees. So I decided That's to start awesome. my mentorship program. Um, it's called Soroya Strong, as you mentioned. And uh, within Soroya Strong, we operate on a virtual platform, unless I'm in your respective city. Um, mm -hmm. But we do Zoom workouts. We have Zoom guest speakers. Uh, my girls can book one-on-one -on -one meetings with me. They call me. They text me, whatever it may be. And we're really just a, a community for other Black girls that love hockey and, and want to take their, um, their talents to the next level. So whether it's they want to play in university or they're just playing for fun, they're a part mm -hmm. of a community that's, that's bigger than themselves and um, is, is, it encompasses all the uh, all the identities that, that that they possess themselves, and they can see themselves within the community and and see themselves within me. And uh, that's mm. really something that I've taken great pride in. And uh, I love running my mentorship program. That's so great, and kudos for you know spreading your your passion and providing kind of that support as a, a mentor and a, and a big sister. I like how mm -hmm. you phrase that. Um, I always love seeing you know women supporting other women, and it's really amazing that you're taking time to to give back. Uh, and it sounds like it's a great source of inspiration for you as well. So you're you're probably getting as much as you're giving, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I obviously love to spend time with them and, and things like that. But to be honest, my my reward is seeing them in the stands smiling and watching me play because I didn't mm. have a role model. I didn't have another black female to look towards when I was in the stands watching these games. So mm. just a simple smile on their face is is enough for me. <laughs> Yeah. And, and representation, you know, really makes that difference. And I was actually going to ask you if there were role models who influenced you. And it sounds like it, it wasn't Black women in hockey specifically, but were there other women athletes that you were, you know, perhaps drawing inspiration from or even women that you met later in your career, uh, you know, uh, alongside uh, uh, as you were building your own career or just women that you know from, you know, from the field or different uh, disciplines, basically? Yeah, I, I think I, I come from a, a pretty athletic family. So on my dad's side, there's definitely some strong black women that I can look up to there. But um, in terms of hockey, Angela James was really the only other black player um, that had played at a, an elite level that wasn't a couple years older than me. Um, mm. And Angela James is my assistant coach now on my team. So oh. um, Yeah, so so with that, I feel like most of my inspiration is is coming now um, in my career. Obviously, I, I didn't have Angela James to look to throughout my whole career as as she retired the year I was born, 
But at the oh, same yeah. time, just knowing that she was another black female in the game and now I have the opportunity to be coached by her um, is something that truly inspires me every day. And I think it shows me the importance of being that role model for the other girls just because I didn't have one. And um, mm. Angela's even looking for me to provide that with the, to the other girls as well. So um, I, I definitely see that representation piece as being imperative. Mm, that's great. And I, I'm curious to ask you, what are other uh, lessons that you think apply, you know, from the sports world or, or the uh, just the, the world of uh, even wellness um, that apply to life in general? And I'm, I'm guessing that's probably conversations that, you know, you try to have with uh, the, the, the women who are part of your platform. Uh, you've just talked about representation, for example, but what other lessons would you draw from your own career in sports, you know, mm -hmm. that are beneficial for the rest of our, our life, basically? Yeah, um, I think obviously, I think in terms of athletes, we think about things like time management and work ethic and, mm -hmm. you know, um, th those types of things. But for me, I think lately I've learned um, one, that you need to give people grace. And two, that you need to always be unapologetically yourself. And I think those are two things that I really try to preach to my girls. Mm. Um, and in terms of giving people grace, I think that everybody comes from their own background. Everybody has their own story, um, race, gender, ethnicity, whatever it may be behind them. Mm. Um, and, and most of the reasons people act the way they do are, are reasons due to things that they've experienced in the past. And I think that with that, we can give people grace in terms mm. of how we view them and uh, how we move forward in our conversations with them and, and treat others. And then um, being unapologetically yourself. I think for me, I felt like I had to hide pieces of me throughout my career. And wow. that doesn't sit well with me now. And that's why I encourage my girls to always be who they are and, and be unapologetically them. Mm, all very good advice. We can all draw from from that uh, that wisdom. Yeah. Um, and coming back to women athletes versus male athletes, uh, you talked a little bit about how you know there's uh, there, there's that extra pressure on on women specifically. Do you think that women in sports are now being able to access more opportunities? And that's one way of asking you. Do you think we've made improvements? Has there has there been a shift? It, it does feel like there's been more conversations uh, around the pressures that women athletes are under. I mean, so many women athletes have come out this, this past year in 2021 talking about mental health struggles, you know, establishing their boundaries. There's been a, a few high profile cases in the media, as we know. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think it's moving in the right direction? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's moving in the right direction. Um, I think that we are getting the attention and, and getting the respect that we deserve from, from our counterparts in terms of our, our male counterparts. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, we, are being, we are being shown the level of dedication that these female athletes put into the game. Um, mm. We train just as hard as the men do. And, you know, we're, we got into this thing of no more side hustles. Um, we see these men being able to focus on their sole a sole position to be that enforcer on the team or be that goal scorer or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, whereas we don't have that luxury yet. We still have to focus on being mothers and, uh, you know, being um, full-time job workers and being professional athletes. So I do think um, that we are moving in the right direction, but at the same time, I'm hoping that the girls that are my mentees don't have to have another job outside of this, just as I do. Mm -hmm. Right, right. This season of The Brennis Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. 
As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. Our special wellness conversation series is brought to you by Atleta. Atleta is designed for mothers, daughters, sisters, and friends of all ages that are leading active lifestyles. Whether you're on the go, seeking inner balance and wellness for yourself, or taking part in an active life that involves friends, school, and sports, Atleta has the clothes you need to keep moving. I love that Atleta offers clothing in sizes XXS to 3X and works to create the best product and shopping experience for all bodies. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca, visit Atleta at Vancouver's Park Royal or at Toronto's Yorkdale Mall, and follow them on Instagram at Atleta. And it, it's great to hear that you're seeing the difference and you're seeing we're heading in the right direction. I think there's still a lot of work that, that needs to be done. And this is true of society and, uh, you know, other disciplines, other, other industries overall. Um, and when we talk about, uh, you know, inclusivity specifically, what would you like to see happen in professional sports so that, you know, the, the, the industry as a whole is a more inclusive space. And I mean that not just in terms of gender, but in terms of race, you know, yeah. sexual orientation, et cetera. Yeah, I think for, I think one, um, I think we need to have women supporting women. I think mm -hmm. that when we as women support each other, I think that we truly can be unstoppable. And I mean, with that, I, I see um, a lot of stuff, especially within women's hockey. I think that we as women need to come together. But at the same time, I think in terms of women's sports that we need like-minded investors to invest mm -hmm. in our teams, invest in our communities and what it may be. So um, in terms of my team, we we really value that inclusivity part. We, we value um, women supporting women and mm -hmm. us being strong as a group and strong as a family. And we just partnered with Athleta this past year. And I mean, it's been amazing for our team. And I mean, we need those like-minded investors to be investing in, in every team in the league and be investing in the NWSL and WNBA and, and mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So um, in that sense, I think it's going to be getting those like-minded investors on our side and, and showing them what we have to offer and, and showing mm -hmm. them that, that we can truly support the community as well. Absolutely. And congratulations on that partnership. And it's great when we see brands, you know, stepping up and really uh, embracing, you know, supporting women leadership in different areas, including sports. Um, I think there's still, there's a, you know, a lot of companies are uh, realize that their, their customer base or audience, you know, is, is largely, uh, is largely women basically, but for some companies, you know, it, it, it doesn't always apply to, they, they don't walk the talk entirely. So it's always very exciting when we see a brand that's fully stepping up and helping make the change happen. So yeah. it sounds like you, you found that good match, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I want to, you know, given that it's the start of the new year, it's that time of year when typically we set our resolutions and we kind of take a look back, um, you know, and what, what we've been able to accomplish or what was still left on our list from the previous year. So I want to talk about wellness and how you approach the concept of wellness overall. So mm -hmm. um, 
first of all, I'd love to hear your own definition for wellness. Yeah. I mean, wellness to me, I think is feeling and performing your best. Um, I think for, for myself, I think that feeling part is really what I'm focused on just because I think I, I know when I'm performing my best, but I also know when I'm not feeling good even while I'm performing my best. So, um, I, I, I think for, in terms of wellness, I, I think it's, it's feeling our best and, um, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I always love asking, you know, women who are professional athletes, th- those types of questions, because um, it's always, you know, so much of what you do is connected to how well your body performs. But we know that uh, wellness and, and self-care and just, you know, kind of maximizing our, our, our well-being, generally speaking, is more than just physical. It, it involves the, the mental as well, which is an important part of this conversation. So, Tell me a little bit about your own approach to wellness and, you know, what are things that you need to be doing on a regular basis to make sure you're kind of, you know, reaching that optimal state of of well-being, basically? Yeah, I mean, I would be completely lying if I told you that I have that all figured out and I know what makes me feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think my go-tos are reading at least 10 pages a day of a given book um, and having my music on and getting a good workout in. Um, I, mm. I think the days that I do not work out, I don't move my body. I know I'm not feeling the greatest. And yeah. I know when I listen to my music and I'm reading my book, I feel like I'm being productive. Um, so those are three things that I try to do day in and day out. Um, not always the easiest. I will admit I don't work out every single day. Um, but at the same time, I really do make an effort to read those 10 pages and and put on music for a good 20 minutes if I need it and just sit and, you know, uh, focus on myself and make sure that I'm good. (laughs) Mm, I love that. Are you able to share things that maybe you've read recently or things that are are on your list for the new year? Yeah. So actually one of my favorite books that I read last year um, was called The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Sonia Renee Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, And for myself, I've always really struggled with my body image and, you know, feeling good. And, you know, as a female athlete, we're we're strong. And, you know, I've always been a bigger individual in terms of my size. I think I've Mm -hmm. been five, nine, five, 10 since the sixth grade. So in that sense, um, that this book really gave me an opportunity to look deeper into, um, me and how I view my, my body. Um, Mm. and then the book that I've started this, this year off reading is called call us what we carry, um, by Amanda Gorman. Um, and she gave the inauguration speech. So, um, that's, that's been a good read so far. Oh, both uh, really good suggestions. Um, and they, yeah, actually, b- both books are, are on my own list. So look awesome. forward to reading those. Um, are there things that you're looking to add, something that you want to bring into your routine or something you wish you were finding more time to be able to do when you're considering self-care overall or wellness overall? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I've always really struggled with my eating. Um, Mm -hmm. I struggle with eating on a consistent basis. I struggle with what I'm eating, whether it's nothing throughout the day and then binge eating at night, which I know is not good. But, um, for myself, I think consistency has been a word that just plays in my mind. And that's something that I try to implement every day, um, is being consistent. So, um, whether it's drinking X amount of water a day or, you know, getting that, that those three meals in, um, Mm. I think being consistent on those things, those are, that's what I'm really working on this year is, uh, is being consistent in terms of my food intake. (laughs) 
that and that's always a good one. And I think for women overall, like no matter what size we're at, right, it's always figuring out the right approach to eating and kind of that balanced mm-hmm. relationship with food is probably a, a lifelong challenge, right? It's, yeah. it's very rare that I have a conversation on this show with women who, you know, don't don't have some type of struggle or challenge at, at you know, at, at different levels with food. So it, yeah. thank you for addressing that. And I that. think that's important to, to highlight. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. important to highlight. Like I'm, I'm, I'm an athlete, I'm a professional athlete and I still struggle with it. I'm 23 and I anticipate struggling with it for years to come, but we'll get there. So <laughs> And that makes me want to ask you, because you also brought up body image. And I think, you know, similar, we were talking about all the the, the positive changes that have taken place when it comes to addressing uh, questions around mental health and, and women athletes or uh, just the perceptions of women athletes and the pressures that we put on women athletes as a society overall. Um, what about body image? Do you think we are moving in the right direction? There's been, I think, a lot of progress made when it comes to uh, you know, reflecting uh, a diversity of body types and sizes. But we also know that social media can be a really tough environment for young women, uh, yes. you know, who struggle with body image. And there's still, although there's been improvement, I still see, uh, you know, huge uh, kind of big red flags around how women are portrayed or, or choosing to portray themselves on social media. So wondering what your take is on that. Yeah, I I definitely um, am zoned in on that every day that I log into my Instagram. Um, I find myself unfollowing um, these these influencers or women that, you know, are posting just false body images. And, you know, I find myself following women that are more authentic on their page. And Mm. although we're not all the way there yet, I do see us improving in terms of, you know, having that representation when we're online shopping and you see somebody with your body type rather than, you know, a size zero. or you see an athletic build. Um, and I think that those are super important things to continue to implement within society. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you should always do what makes you feel good. I think that in the past, I've had a habit of, you know, working out for the scale and trying mm-hmm. to lose weight. Whereas now I work out because I want to just feel good. And whatever mm-hmm. weight I'm at when I feel my best, so be it. Um, And I I think with that, I mean, I even remember going to uh, the opening of Athleta and myself and another one of my teammates were there trying on it on a bunch of clothes and we have completely different builds. She uh, she's she's shorter than me um, and definitely way more muscular. And we both came out in similar outfits, but we both looked so good. And Mm. I remember (laughs) just being able to have that moment. And um, I really think that that's what we need to get to in terms of women supporting women and, you know, us putting out real images of ourselves even um, and realizing yeah. we don't have to, you know, have to stand up to those standards and uh, the false standards that were that are set on us. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be super important to move forward and, you know, have real representation. Mm. And thank you for, you know, for doing that and being that representation. I, you know, I just happen to follow a lot of women athletes and it's always so inspirational when they're able to lead by example. And, you know, obviously a strong body is not necessarily, uh, you know, a thin body. And, uh, you know, it can be in some cases, but um, seeing that diversity uh, of bodies and showing what strong can look like in all different, you know, silhouettes and shapes, 
uh, I know that's helped me quite a bit and I can see the positive impact it's having. So it's so important that you do that. And I'm, I'm grateful there's more women like you out there. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And yeah, it's, it's all about self-talk as well. I, I think mm. as long as we continue to build each other up and support each other as women, um, that's going to allow us to get to that point that we need to be at in terms of representation and body image. Mm, absolutely. So what is one thing, and maybe if you had to give advice to other women, um, kind of what's one thing you wish women knew about wellness and self-care, one lesson that you think would be more widely available and shared out there? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I think in terms of us female athletes, I think a lot of pressure is put on us in terms of, you know, looking, looking our best or having a six pack or whatever it may be. And mm -hmm. in that sense, I would just encourage women and girls to, to work out to the extent that they're comfortable with do what makes you feel good. Um, we know, we know from science that moving our bodies is something that's going to make you feel better. So why not do that? And, mm -hmm. um, like you said earlier, just because you are, you know, strong comes in many different forms. So um, there, there are heavier strength types, there are thinner strength types. And I mean, I think that we need to um, continue to embrace those as women. And I would encourage women and girls um, younger than me, older than me, my age, whatever it may be, to really make sure that they're, they're loving themselves and doing mm -hmm. what's best for them. Um, and I think that it's so easy to start with the simple things, um, even if it's something as simple as drink more water each day. Oh yeah, that's that's also a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just back to basics, right? And like the things, as you said, that we know science proves that moving our body, drinking more water, getting enough sleep, you know, really make a difference. Well, it's true. And yes. sometimes when we feel off, just fixing these things is already a huge improvement. Exactly. And I, I mean, for myself, I also don't have everything together. So as good as someone may think I look or as bad as someone may think I look, I don't have everything together. And this is a daily struggle for all women, I believe. Yeah. So as much as of a hole as you may think you're in, you are not, there are other people in the hole with you. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the extra pressure of, you know, all the, the restrictions with the pandemic that we've been living with. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's even more layers right now of things that can make uh, figuring out our discipline or, you know, our approach to wellness, uh, more, more difficult. So well, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're, you know, acknowledging that you don't have it uh, perfectly all the time as well. <laughs> yes. Um, and then a question, actually, probably my favorite question to ask guests on this show is, uh, well, we talked about wellness, but I'm curious to know, generally speaking, what's one thing you wish women would do more of? And what's one thing you wish women would do less of? Yeah, I think one thing that I wish women would do more of um, is praising each other when we think of something positive to say about mm -hmm. one another. Um, mm -hmm. I you know for myself, one of the things that I aim to do, you know, if I'm, if I'm shopping or I'm at the mall, I think oftentimes, you know, you, you look and you're like, wow, I love that girl's shoes or she looks great in that coat. And I think that us as women, I think we should speak up and I think we should say it. Um, I, I think that that's going to be super important, um, for us moving forward and just, you know, spreading positive energy and, and, uh, and, and the love wherever you go. Mm. Um, and sorry, what was the, what was the second piece? One thing that you wish women would do less of. Yeah. I think one thing I wish women would do less of is, mm, I think that we should 
post more authentically on Instagram and social media. Um, I think mm. a lot of times we we see all those posts now where it's like, oh, wow, this filter is so fake. But um, at the same time, we just shouldn't use the filter. <laughs> and in that sense, <laughs> yeah. I think posting authentic pieces for the younger women of our generation to see um, is going to be so important. So I wish that we would we would post less about body image and things like that on social media. Mm, yeah, that's that's a very good point you make. Yeah. Well, we'll add that to our list of resolutions for 2022. And speaking of the new year, what's one thing you're looking forward to in, in, in 2022? Uh, I am looking forward to winning the Isabel Cup with my Toronto Six team. Um, yes. I, I really feel like it's ours this year. And um, I mean, we have a great group and I, I love my teammates this year. I love my team, my coaches all of our staff um, and really everything that we're implementing in our community and at the arena. And mm -hmm. I think that the Isabel cup is ours this year. <laughs> well, I wish that for you and your team and we'll be cheering uh, alongside. I, I hope you do win it. And thank you so much, Soraya, for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge. This was great. And yeah, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep watching you on the ice and, and keeping up with all the great things that you're doing. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women in Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thanks to Atleta for their support of our wellness series. Designed for women, by women, Atleta's clothing is offered in sizes XXS to 3X, empowering all women to lead active lifestyles with confidence. Atleta is a certified B Corp company and 70% of their products are made using sustainable materials. This commitment has diverted 1.1 million tons of fabric waste from landfills. Additionally, Atleta has contributed $1 million to their workers in fair trade certified factories. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca, visit Atleta at Vancouver's Park Royal or Toronto's Yorkdale Mall, and find them on Instagram at Atleta. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.